Here we go. You are listening to Open Mic Friday on this August the 13th in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And on Open Mic Friday, we take a look at emails that have been sent specifically to law and gospel. So let's start with this first one. Although your lesson today may be intended for children. Now, I'll interrupt and say, yes, on issues, etc. I often do the Sunday School lesson from Concordia Publishing House each week. So she writes that though it may be intended for children, I am a child when it comes to understanding the Bible. As a Lutheran away from the church for decades, I have only the last few years now under my belt in the one-year lectionary, and I revel in the facets of the word that are revealed to me through my pastor's catechetical and adult Bible studies. You and your program are a wonderful addition to that. Today, I understood one or two things that I had never put together before. Thank you, thank you. Now, that's really the purpose of radio station KFUO. In fact, this coming Sunday, one of the readings is going to be talking about insights. And insights are the proper interpretation of God's holy word. They're, they're kind of like the wisdom of the world. I'll give you a very simple example. In the parable of the lost sheep, it appears that Jesus is the shepherd who goes and finds the lost sheep and brings it home. All the credit for the lost sheep's salvation is given to Jesus. But I have heard sermons where that parable is used to encourage members of the congregation to go out, find the lost sheep, and bring them home. Well, that's not what that parable is about. That parable is about the justification of a sinner. And I don't justify any sinner. I can bring them to hear God's word, but it's God's word that finally will have an effect on them as the Holy Spirit creates faith in them. And, and so an insight on this particular parable is that Jesus is the one who gets all the credit for our salvation. All right. Next email. Dear Pastor Baker, I want to thank you for your wonderful law and gospel program. I love the teaching you provide and enjoy being a teacher in training myself. Now, she mentions that because I talk about myself being a teacher in training. After I left the seminary, I took a whole number of graduate courses, and in studying them, I learned a lot that I did not know. 
So I continue to be a teacher in training. Back to the email. I am a baptized and confirmed LCMS Lutheran, but currently attend United Church of Christ. This is because my husband was raised UCC, and if I want us to attend church as a family, it must be at UCC. My son attends Lutheran school, so that's a great comfort to me. Our pastor is actually about as orthodox and reformed as you will find in the UCC. He listens to the White Horse Inn. Uh, that's a, pro a program we've had on KFUO. And I've suggested your Law and Gospel program to him as well. Now, the UCC, as a denomination, which it really isn't, is just way too liberal for me. It's great to have a program such as yours that proclaims and explains the truth. I just received my copy of your 10 Weeks of Just Words Bible Study and plan on showing it to my pastor in hopes that our adult study group can use the material. It's pretty advanced, but truth is truth, and I think it would be very beneficial. I just started it yesterday and have already gotten quite a lot out of it. Thanks again for all you do. Have a blessed holy week. Now, what is she talking about? 10 Weeks of Just Words. There was a book written by the son of President J.A.O. Preuss about the various metaphors in the Bible concerning the gospel. And I took those metaphors and I put them together in a Bible study. Now, I know some of you received recently the Bible study uh, I have on emails. I sent out 400 emails that I've received, and that's just a small amount. Now, the emails do have questions, and I answered all the questions, but not in that email book. But it gives an indication of how influential KFUO is on people's minds. Now, the book I wrote, one of them, 10 Weeks of Just Words, it's done a little differently. What I do is I start each chapter with some questions that almost all Lutherans get wrong. And then I go ahead and give the answers from a biblical point of view. That's why she said that she started reading it and have already gotten quite a lot out of it. Now, you can obtain a copy of 10 Weeks of Just Words. It's $15. All you do is email me with your home address. Don't send any money. We will send you a copy of the book and a bill that you can return the $15. And it's called... 10 weeks of just words. And 
It's a book that can be used in Bible study, home study, etc. Okay, let's go on to the next email. And this one starts off, Tom, I wanted to give a little thank you for all you have done in my life. I was a part-time Christian for many years and have continued denying Christ in my life as complete Lord and Savior. My schedule is quite packed with two jobs, a wife and three children, and all the activities they are involved in, which includes our church. My faith is strong on Sundays, but during the week, I was weak. Though I am a saved believer, I found little time for Bible reading and one-on-one -on -one time with the Lord. That was until I found your program on my radio dial. For the past six months, I've listened to you every day. Though I can do much more in my faith, and I'm starting to grow stronger every day, I've de dedicated that segment of my day to listening to you. And for a man like me who loves his Chuck Berry CD and listening to music, that was a big step for me. So from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for all your teachings and insights you give my soul every day on the radio. I'd love to meet you someday and thank you in person. God bless and keep you in his strong arms forever. Christ lives in you and it shows every day. If you have time, can you read this letter on the radio? I listen every day. Continued blessings. Now, the one thing I would like to say, although this email writer gives me the credit for helping him in his life, I don't get the credit. The credit is given to the Holy Spirit. I just so happened when I was at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis to have a number of professors who really knew the Bible. And I listened carefully to them. And I often found insights that they were teaching that many people are unaware of. So that's my goal in teaching law and gospel. And in that goal, I attempt to give insights that you might not have thought about before. I'll give you a very simple one. Uh, this comes from a very good friend of mine. And he was writing about the angels at Easter. And the angel says to the women, you are seeking Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. Now, all the English translations say that, who was crucified. But the original Greek is clear that it says, you are seeking Jesus of Nazareth who is crucified. Now, how do we understand that? Well, I have an example where 
I'm walking down the street with my father and a friend sees me and says, Tom, who's that with you? And I say, oh, he was my father. Well, you can imagine what my dad's going to say after the conversation. What do you mean, Tom? I was your father. I am your father. In other words, yes, he brought me into the world, but he continues to be a father over me, guiding me, directing me, helping me, and is a good friend of mine. Jesus is the one who is crucified for you. And that crucifixion has many benefits that Jesus continues to provide you. And in that sense, it's better to understand the text. You are seeking Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. In fact, there are crosses that have the body of Christ on one side. But when you turn it around, the body is missing. And so such a cross explains not only the crucifixion, but also helps us to understand that he has also been resurrected from the dead. All right, next one. Greetings, Pastor Baker. I thought you might like to know our latest news. Now, puts down a Bible verse, Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And then we return to the email. Our church and pastor is still having troubles. My husband meets with him each week, and there is a civil war going on in our church with those who want to be Lutherans and those who don't. Those who don't really give our pastor a hard time. And I love him a lot and pray for him all the time. I don't know what or where the Lord is leading me, other than I want to tell more and more people about Jesus. This afternoon, my God squad, three to six graders, and their parents are going on a hike to see the wildflowers and have a picnic. I'm going to give a devotional also. I just found out that there is no one to take the committee on evangelism. I don't know if that would be God's will for me. I'm not going to say anything because I don't know if that's where he wants me. But soon my commitment of a Sunday school teaching will be up. I love my class and might want to continue with it next fall. Also this morning, I'm going to a meeting to learn how to be a greeter at church. Life is so wonderful, and God is so good. We can always trust that no matter what hardship we face, he will always be with us. To give our life meaning and hope, I will listen to your show, and they help me so much 
I'm constantly learning new things. Also, passing on everything I hear from you and from reading God's word. Have a wonderful day, Pastor Baker. Now, the one comment I would like to respond to is she's told that there's no one to take over the Committee on Evangelism, and she doesn't know if that would be God's will for me. She says, I'm not going to say anything because I don't know if that's where he wants me. Well, I would suggest to keep your ears open, and if the conversation comes up about the need for someone to lead the evangelism committee, then perhaps you should say something that you might be interested. You just need to be knowing more about it. When I was at my congregation for 28 years, I had the pleasure of having seminarians assigned to my congregation. So on Thursday nights, we would have lay people and a seminarian go out to homes in the area and share the message of Jesus Christ. We did that uh, through a series of film strips, and they would take a little machine with them to show that. If the people were at all interested in what the film strip had to say, then they were invited to attend adult instruction class. And I would even be willing to go to their home to teach the class, which I've done a number of times. So who knows what God has in mind for her? Open up the possibilities and see where God takes you. Okay, next one. Dear Tom, I am resending my email. I pushed a wrong key. I was privileged to hear you speak at a recent pastor's conference. I want to thank you for your insight into preaching and teaching law and gospel. Now I have the privilege of applying what I have learned. I returned home that evening for an elders meeting. I received an autobiography from one of my elders. I read part of it and it showed it, showed it to my wife. She passed through it and found the pages which recorded my elders' faith views. He does not believe in the resurrection of the body or that there is any existence past the point of death. The, the following is a quote from his autobiography. When talking about death, a lot of people will give you a canned answer that there is a heaven. According to the Bible, of course, dying is just like a good night's sleep. Then there's the resurrection, and you wake up. I would like to think that is true, but I have not yet reached that point. Now, the email writer, the pastor says, I feel more like Jewish people do. 
they don't believe in a resurrection and that they believe your legacy is your children. I think the part of you that lives on after you die is not our soul, but your children, they say. I think the concept of heaven is one of those things about which a lot of us have doubts. If you can't see it, it's hard to believe. I will speak to this man about what he has written. My question is how to approach this without destroying my small parish. He is well-respected and looked up to. I've not heard him speak against what I teach nor try to persuade others to his views. I know that Matthew 18 is the guide and that he must step down as an elder. But how am I to approach this in a matter that will not cause destruction? Now, that's really a good email. It's somebody who's concerned about their church. They have an elder that does not believe what is necessary to be believed to be an elder. Imagine, occasionally elders are sent to shut-ins or hospital calls, and this elder goes there and cannot tell the person that heaven will be their home because he himself is unsure about it. So, how do you resolve this issue? I would not suggest that you bring it up at the next voters' assembly meeting. No, it's very clear from the Bible that you first begin to talk to the person personally. But how are you going to do that? What you would do, first of all, is to gather together those verses from the Bible that contradict his faith at this time. And you would ask him, how does he understand these verses about on the last day, the spirit will be rejoined with the body to live eternally in heaven? How can he not believe in a resurrection from the dead in light of what Jesus did with Lazarus? He raised him from the dead. And then, how can he explain there's no resurrection from the dead in light of the resurrection of Jesus, who not only rose from the dead, saw the disciples that very night, remained with them a number of weeks in order to share with them the greatest message the world had ever known. In other words, my goal would be to use Bible verses that contradict this elder's theology and have him answer how he misunderstands these verses. I've said this a lot of times on my program. If I ever say anything that you doubt, then phone me or write me and say, where is that in the Bible? And if I cannot find it in the Bible, then guess what? It's time for you to 
turn the station. I'm a false teacher. Everything a Lutheran pastor teaches is on the basis of scripture. That was clear after the resurrection when Jesus had a walk with two of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. What did he keep pointing to again and again in that Bible study? He kept pointing to himself throughout the whole Old Testament that had prophecies that were fulfilled in the suffering, life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. That's the goal of every program on Law and Gospel. So we look forward to Monday when we'll be taking a look at a reading for the following Sunday. And in that reading, we will explain the difference between law and gospel and help you to understand the insight that God is providing you through his prophets and apostles. Until then, I'm Tom Baker. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.